Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The first time the host heard himself speak, he fell asleep. And the second time, and the third time... Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Ooh, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. Tuesday night, it's uh, pipe smoking night. Ah, perfect pipe smoking weather. And I am back. Uh, but on tonight's show, uh, my co-host is Shane Ireland. And Shane and I are going to talk about pipe maintenance. Yeah, things to do, things not to do, you know, all that fun stuff. So we'll have that uh, music and mailbag all to get caught up on from uh, me being gone the last week. As well as a, uh, a a Disney trip related rant. So there you go. Yeah, get a little rant at this one. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm back. Uh, had a good time. Enjoyed it. Ten full days down at uh, Walt Disney World. And uh, during that time, I managed to see three other pipe smokers. Uh, talked to one guy, an old-timer, who was smoking an English blend. Uh, another guy I didn't get a chance to talk to, but the uh, third one that I saw was uh, was our own Russ Hicks. Uh, Russ and his family were down there, so we got to hang out a couple of times with them. That was a, uh, a lot of fun. And uh, it was uh, kind of strange having people look at two pipe smokers uh, puffing away in the smoking areas and all the comments. And of course, you know, during the whole week of me, uh, parking, uh, parking myself in the smoking areas for a little bit, I'd get the comment of, uh, Oh, I love the smell of a pipe. It reminds me of my grandma and my grandfather. You know, my father used to smoke a pipe and so on and so on. Uh, managed to give out a few, uh, pipes magazine, radio show cards to some people that were interested in pipe smoking. So, Maybe there's a few of you new ones that are out there listening. Uh, welcome aboard. All right, let's get the show rolling because uh, Shane and I have got a lot to get through. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show and uh, joining me for your monthly visit. <laughs> You're my monthly visitor, <laughs> Shane. Yeah, good, good. One, one of my two monthly visitors. Here's Shane Ireland of SmokingPipes.com. Have you changed titles this month yet? No, no, uh, no. It's in it's in my contract at this point. No new titles. It's got to stay this way. Okay, good, good, good. Because we've... Uh, all right, so we squeezed you into the last show of January. <laughs> um thinking maybe you would change titles so uh, <laughs> so anyway how was your christmas and new year's did you get anything uh anything fun anything new going on oh yeah it was great uh we had a, the wife and i stayed home this year instead of going back to to see our families like we do every other year or so and uh, it was nice and quiet and uh, i did a lot of a lot of smoking by the fire uh, enjoyed a lot of nice whiskey and a lot of good meals so success overall were you wearing your slippers and silk robe and your wife was bringing you your pipe on a tray? <laughs> no, that'd be great. Yeah. I wish, you know, even even if it was just a, a, a pipe servant of sorts, anybody that I could hire to warm my pipe, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, you may get some offers that you won't want, but go right ahead. Um, <laughs> that's all I can warn you about. <laughs> <laughs> you have personal experience there, I assume. Uh, no, none at all. <laughs> yeah so all right let, let's get let's get into this um all right what are you smoking oh uh right now every time i have to double check i blank as soon as you ask me that i am smoking the last couple bowls uh of an old tin of uh, freeburg and trayer vintage flake which all right which one is which flake is that because uh this stuff That's is a great tin and and this stuff has become uh, exceptionally important now because of a lack of some product on the market. Um, is, is it still available? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, you know, we had we had a, a decent sized shipment earlier this month, and uh, we expect. I mean, they've got it in the new round style tins now, just like all the other uh, fifty gram flakes that are coming out of Germany. Um, 
and yeah, no, it's it's it should be in fairly regular supply going forward. Uh, this tin that I'm smoking is from 2003, uh, but I do have a bunch of it that I've that I've tossed in the cellar over over the last few years. What would you compare it to? Um, if you like, uh, well, it's a straight Virginia. There's some stoved in there. Um, it's got that rich kind of molasses thing going on. So if you like Wessex dark campaign, uh, campaign dark flake actually, or if you like full Virginia flake or, um, let's see, uh, you know, Cornell and deals Bijou, any of these kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Sam gay with, uh, Sam's flake is another one that's kind of similar. Um, any of those like big, bold stoved kind of Virginias. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, you know, we're, we're starting to see some stuff disappearing off the market, and I I talked about it a couple of weeks back, but uh, yeah, so I, I think <laughs> tobacco reviews and tobacco searching is going to be more important than ever before. Sure, um, sure. What pipe do you have it in, or did did you say that, and did I miss it and not care? No, no, I, oh, okay. I didn't get that far. Um, Oh, I'm smoking it in in a in a Jay Allen. Uh, it's a sandblast bent egg with bamboo, some uh, bamboo that Jeff sourced uh, in Southern California. It's really wild looking, the gnarly kind of stuff that you see him doing. Uh, Steve Liskey, like that sort of style, where there's like an actual kink to it, and you know, a bunch of knuckles crammed into a to a small piece, relatively. Wow, so you're really slumming, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, just a little beater, you know, something to smoke while I'm mowing the lawn. Yeah, I know. Stick, yeah, stick it in a belt loop when you're tired of it and just keep walking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, but you know what? I do have a new acquisition, and it is it is actually a, a, a Brian pipe. Um, it's a Group 3, Group 4 uh, Black Levat, a Black Blast with the red understain, like an old shell. And it has uh, a small horn inlay on the saddle itself, not on the shank. And uh, made by Chris Asteriou, the young Greek. yeah. Okay, yeah. well, when you're tired of it, you know. Oh, absolutely. You know my address. <laughs> um, oh, it's a great little pipe. And and I told you, we, we talked about that briefly before, but I've just been back on a kick of, of just needing some billiards in the collection. Yeah, and, you know, I on my on my trip to England and, and on the trip to Disney World, uh, you know, when I leave, I've got three or four small Lavat billiards that, yeah, Two of them go. Two of them go with me, no matter what, because it's just the perfect size pipe. Uh, works with my little bowl cap. They they all work my, with my little bowl caps, and you know I can I can literally put them in a shirt pocket with a pipe cleaner, and they're and they disappear. Uh, yeah, yeah. But still, I get forty five minutes of a smoke out of one of them. Uh, and when, when I was in England and it was really cold, I'd put that in my shirt pocket right after I was smoking it just to warm up one side of me for a minute. <laughs> like a little hot water bag. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and speaking of England, I decided that my, um, uh, I have two Ashtons and this one is, um, whatever he calls his russet kind of sandblast, but this goes back to, goes back to the old Bill Taylor days. Um, sure, sure. And I figured, all right, well, I'll pull that one out. And it, it's really, you know, we're going to talk about pipe maintenance, but it's really easy to maintain because it's got an acrylic stem on it. So, oh, yeah, that's nice. Uh, so it, it can sit out on the desk. You could drop it out. You could drop it on the on the driveway and leave it out there in the sun for a week, and it's not going to change colors on you. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh Okay, since we're getting ready to talk maintenance, let's uh, take a break right here. When we come back, we're uh, we're going to talk about how we maintain our pipes, and and then we'll, and then we'll probably talk about the right way to maintain your pipes too. So, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. This is Internet Radio. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. 
<laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, all right, Shane, pipe maintenance. Pipe uh, maintenance. It's an yeah. appropriate topic, uh, you know, a resolution, right, uh, piping resolution. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we're not talking about just wrapping your pipes under the house to keep them warm during the winter, right? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, so pipe maintenance, um, I, you know, I think I – think, in a lot of ways, it can be relaxing to sit down and clean your pipes, and it certainly is nice when they are clean, and then you smoke them again, and the flavor is fantastic, and there's no moisture and all that good stuff. But uh, <clears throat> the in practice, it can be it can be a little tricky, and um, you know there's a lot of different products uh, to navigate and try to figure out which ones you need. I mean, do you have sandblasted pipes? Do you have smooth pipes? Um, do you have silver on your pipes? That's a whole different thing. You want to have some silver polishing cloths hanging around, and then of course stems, vulcanite stems uh, specifically. Hmm. Ah, yes, the nasty plastic. Yeah, uh, exactly. Or, <laughs> yeah, uh, which I have several of. All right, so let's get started. What do you do after each, just your regular pipe? What do you do after you're done smoking a single bowl? So my my biggest thing about pipe maintenance, and, and I do, I, I have said this to a lot of customers before, and um, I think for me the most important part is being diligent with your pipe cleaners. Um, you can save yourself a lot of trouble if you're just not afraid to go through the pipe cleaners, you know, <laughs> pretty much just crank through them, right? Like I, I do one pipe cleaner both sides uh, immediately after I'm done smoking. So I suppose I, I, I empty out the last little bit of ash and dawdle, uh, kind of swirl it around. I use a pick or... Or, uh, whatever whatever uh, tamper that I have usually has like a blunt side to it, like the little cut side uh, or a pick from my lighter or whatever. And um, empty out the ash and then immediately use a pipe cleaner. And I give it a good scrub on both sides. And in a lot of cases, I leave the uh, the second half of the pipe cleaner. When I'm, when I put that in there, I go ahead and leave it. Uh, so when my pipe is on the rack or in my bag, uh, more often than not, it has a pipe cleaner in it if, if it's been smoked recently. Um, I don't always do that, but I do find that it, that it helps a lot. Uh, it seems to make the pipes rebound more quickly. Like I can smoke them a couple times in a day, put a pipe cleaner in there, flip the pipe cleaner around, leave it in there overnight and it's ready to go, you know, to smoke a few more bowls the next day, for example. So you think the pipe cleaner in there is better than leaving the leaving the air hole open so that air can get in there? Well, I mean, think, I, I used to do that, and I used to think that way. But if you carry your pipes around, like in a bag or in your pockets or your briefcase or whatever, I mean, they're not how much air are they getting anyway, you know? So at that point, they're not airing out, but at least you can have something in there that's absorbing whatever moisture there is. Yeah, and when you're when you're doing. All right, I can see that. And when when you're doing inside the bowl, you're not worried. You're trying to get out as much of the as much of the ash all the way around the bowl and get everything as dry as possible. So you're not too worried about building up a cake or leaving enough little ash in there to build a cake. You know, um, I'm a little more worried about that and conscious of that when I'm breaking in a pipe, and uh, that's a whole separate discussion, right? But yeah. once uh, once a pipe is nice, good, and broken in, you know, seen dozens of bowls or whatever, um, at that point, I don't really worry about maintaining the cake right after I've smoked. I find that it's a little easier. It's it's easy to remove more cake than you'd like when when there's still some moisture in the bowl if it's just been smoked. I prefer to get my pipes as dry as possible. And if I'm resting them, you know, back on the rack or back into the drawer or whatever, before I smoke it the next time, that's when I'll actually pull out a reamer and trim it up a little bit. Okay. So you're, so you're not so much worried about it. And, uh, what, what do you do about the stem? Do you wipe it off with any uh, magic sauce or, you know, rub it on your nose and then stick it under your armpit wearing a t-shirt to clean it? <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is one thing that I, I, I should include in my resolution for this year is to be more diligent when it comes to like uh, I think obsidian oil, obsidian stem oil is a great product and uh, I've used it for a really long time. Uh, in fact, a single bottle of it should last you a very long time. <laughs> but um, I, I, I tend to 
be the type of pipe smoker who goes back and does a deep cleaning on a batch of things all at once. So again, I keep a I keep a polishing cloth or an old, you know, bandana or something like that in my bag and I'll wipe my stem off with that, but generally speaking, um I do like, you know, a longer you know, 40 minute to an hour soak with the obsidian oil, uh, when I'm actually deep cleaning it and trimming the cake and all that stuff. Do you do anything else on a daily basis with your pipes before, before we start talking about deep cleaning stuff? Um, daily basis for my smooth pipes, I have started to use, um, the Paragon wax, uh, if not daily, really close to it. Um, I, I find that, you know, you don't really need to, and it's such a good product that it seems to hold a sheen, uh, for, for a longer period of time than even, you know, hit taking back to the buffing wheel, for example. Um, but just in the interest of keeping that luster and that sheen, I, uh, I do try to put the Paragon, uh, Paragon wax on my smooth pipes almost every time I smoke them. And does that just help keep it shiny and help keep it from charring if you happen to hit the rim with the lighter? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, uh, you know, there's there's obviously something beautiful about a pipe that's seen a lot of use and, you know, been a real go-to or a real favorite. But in a lot of cases, you know, um, I have my sandblasts. Uh, out of out of not just appreciation of the grain, but out of like convenience, you know, I can set them down on a table and not really worried about it. Yeah. I can have it in my pocket, and not really worried about it. I can carry them around and not have to have my little polish with me. Uh, but my smooth pipes, you know, I, I have taken to enjoying the finish and the grain and, and those sorts of things um, a lot more than I used to, and and I just like to keep them keep them looking as new as possible. All right. Well, we all know my uh, my daily after each bowl routine is to run Everclear and you know, just a, just a, a dip of Everclear. The only thing I've changed over the last couple of years is I used to use the Everclear on the outside of the stem. Yeah. And, and I found out I was screwing up my stem something fierce. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, did you ever did you ever do the olive oil or anything like that? I didn't. I never tried olive oil because I've always had a, um, a a very cheap version of a buffing wheel at home. Okay. And I'm not <laughs> I'm diligent about doing the Everclear and the and the pipe after each bowl, but I'm not that diligent. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I know some guys that after each bowl, they wipe down the outside of the stem and wipe down everything and put on white gloves and, you know, and put the pipe sure, away sure. without touching it. I yeah. admire it, but I, I can't be that. <laughs> I'm just not that good. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't even admire it. I look at you and think, well, you know, okay, that's that's great. That's your thing. Um, <laughs> it will It will never become my thing because... You know, you and I smoke. If if we smoked one bowl a day, I could see doing that as part of the routine. But when you're looking at five or six different pipes a day, and you're thinking, "Well, that adds another thirty minutes to the end of my day," I'm like, "No, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm good." Um, sure, sure. You know the uh, the other thing that I that I try to do is is of course during the smoke I'm using at least one pipe cleaner up and down the draft hole no matter what so the so the draft hole is never getting a whole bunch of mud in there yeah um, and then afterwards I use the one cleaner and I use it backwards and forwards you know wet end and dry end and then I go into the bowl and do the wet end on the top half of the bowl and then clean up the rim and bend it in half and I am. I really don't try to build up a cake in my pipes. Uh, you know, I've got a minor cake from breaking it in, but I really don't want a cake. Uh, you know, it's just, to me, it's just less tobacco capacity. Uh, <laughs> That's a good way of thinking about it. I keep, I, I, I don't think I keep, I, I keep a pretty trim cake. Uh, definitely less than the, less than the width of a dime or whatever people normally shoot for. Um, but enough to cover, enough to cover all the wood. Yeah. Now, have you seen any of your or talked to anybody else that has any variation of a uh, of a daily maintenance routine that that, that you've tried or that you haven't um, tried? I've tried. I've tried a couple, and and really too, it's I don't know. It just depends. I guess I tend to behave better 
earlier in the year and, and get lazier as the year goes on uh, or become more lazy as the year goes on. But uh, no, I do. I do have a very good friend who and, and I the reason that I admire it is because you look at his collection and it is gorgeous. You know, not just the quality of the pipes and, and all these all these wonderful pieces of history, because some of them are old and very, very nice. But, you know, he, he takes such good care of them uh, that it is it is like, okay, here's somebody who sees these for what they are. And in a lot of cases, especially when it pertains to his collection, they're pieces of art. Uh, but he gets use out of them, you know. And uh, I respect that too because I think worse than someone who is overly diligent about cleaning their pipes, I personally – it doesn't become a pipe for me until you smoke it. And uh, that's what I like about pipes. So um, – it's nice that he takes such good care of such good care of his collection, but still still gets a lot of use out of it. He keeps a couple of different polishing cloths on hand, uh, like the impregnated kind. Um, you know, uh, the Savinelli Magic cloth is a good one because it actually is two cloths sewn together, uh, sewn together. So basically, you know, one has a little bit of polishing compound uh, impregnated in it, and the other one is just a cloth that you can wipe it off with after. Uh, Dunhill makes one too, but it's only uh, only an impregnated cloth. Um, you know, he has small silver cloths with him and stuff like that so that the silver is never tarnished at all. Uh, and it just requires a lot of extra <laughs> carrying around of things. Um, and, you know, I already have way too much stuff in tote with me every day just by having a couple of tobacco choices and a, and a rotation of pipes. Um, I fixed but... my silver problem. I just had it all platinumed. Never tarnishes. <laughs> Who did that for you? Uh, nobody. I don't have any silver. I don't think I did. <laughs> Yeah, I have I have a couple of pieces, and uh, I do keep a, a silver cloth in my desk, but that's mostly because it comes up where every now and then at work I need to clean a pipe that isn't mine as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, overall, I've used the I've used the polishing cloths too. I think they're great. They're a great quick solution. In fact, it's a lot more practical than carrying around like a little bottle of polish. Um, and mm -hmm. if you just want your pipes to stay presentable on the go, or, uh, you know, in between deep cleanings, that kind of stuff, those polishing cloths are a, are a great uh, solution. Does the uh, so the, the the polishing cloths work for silver? Do they work well for this? Is there a polishing cloth for the stem? You know, not that I know of, not that I know of, and that's why that's why I said, you know, I try to I try to keep it clean after I smoke because that does help. Um, you got to be extra. In my experience, and, and I don't know, you can you can either back me up here or disagree with me, but it seems like when you leave your pipes out on a pipe rack, you have to be extra careful about the stems getting getting gross. Um, all the yeah. pipes that I have in drawers and in their pipe socks, they never really seem to tarnish that much. The stems. Yeah, they never get it's, taken it's out that much either. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, but it's you know it's it's oxygen that does it to the to the vulcanite. So um, you have to be extra careful of your uh, of your pipes that are out on display. That is a perfect spot for us to take a break, and then we'll get into uh, heavy maintenance, man, real heavy, man. All right. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellAndDeal.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Shane and I are getting into things that are going to be real heavy, man. Real heavy. Are you ready, man? I mean, you're, you oh, know, yeah. You're from Southern California. It's yeah, Everything's heavy, dude. Um, <laughs> so what do you do when your pipes are like all real gnarly and stuff, you know? Oh man, uh, real gnarly <laughs> pipes. <laughs> I could, I could really do like my my Southern California surfer dude, man, and go out and hit some tubage gnarly waves, man. 
See, you know, I have to I have to ask you, let, let's pause for just a second because I have to ask you, when I moved out here, everybody that I met here in the South did that voice when they would like <laughs> imitate me or you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, really? Like I don't I don't hear it at all, but I don't know, maybe maybe I do have that a little bit. When but, I when we were when I was in England with my daughter and we're walking around Manchester, two different times we had we were in shops or places and we're you know we're talking to the people and they'd turn to each other and look at and look at one another and go I, I just love their accents they sound so good <laughs> and I'm like I'm like dude I ain't got no accent man you know like totally exactly yeah exactly yeah and don't and don't forget I grew up in the San Fernando Valley right around Valley Girl. So, yeah, I know. I know. I was just going to say that I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like uh, totally fast times at Ridgemont High and Valley Girl. Like gag me with a spoon. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Now we have just hurt people's ears for two minutes. Um, oh, back to the heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you what I do. Yeah. Before I send, be, before it's time for the pipe to go off to somebody to get cleaned. Um, yeah. About every uh, about every four months, I sit down with my entire pipe collection, uh, the the pipes that I smoke, and I sit down with bristle cleaners and the and instead of the pint of Everclear, I get the whole fifth out. Yeah. And go through bristles until I get the you know go up and down the draft hole with bristle cleaners, and then I pull the stem off and wipe off the tip of the tenon. And then bend the bristle cleaner in half and go in the mortise and keep going in there. And the idea is that uh, I don't stop the bristles until they start coming out almost perfectly clean. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then on my makeshift cheap version of a buffing wheel, which I really ought to invest in the right wheels, um, I'll go downstairs and hit the wax and or hit the. Uh, the buffing compound and a clean wheel. That's all I've got. I got two wheels. Uh, I won't do it during the winter because I try to rush it. And if it's cold out there and I'm rushing it, that's when I screw up my pipes. Uh, yeah. I can't get, you know, with my buffing wheel and this is just for abonite and vulcanite for acrylic. You know, I just hit some Windex and a paper towel and it's fine. Um, but for the you know for those for the ebonite and the acryl and the vulcanite stems, I can do a somewhat decent job of taking off the you know taking off the grime and the nastiness and then putting a little bit of a wax on it right back there. And again, that's about every four months I go through my pipes and I do that. And I really should be more diligent and say you know do I don't know like you know. 10 pipes a month and then I'd be you know doing it only I do well I'd be doing a pipe about twice a year at that point um, yeah but then when, inside the bowl I get a little speed bump and I get the little speed bump about a quarter of an inch below the rim of the bowl and that's where the cake builds up from when I am firing up the bowl and I don't really tamp right there, so I get a little bit of a cake build up there. Um, mm -hmm. And I just take one of the senior reamers and I work that down until I feel like it's comfortable. And then maybe a little bit of like 400 grit sandpaper on my finger to smooth it out. Um, so th does that sound like something similar to what you do or am I just doing it the cheap way? No, no, that's, I mean, in fact, I'm doing it the cheaper way. I don't have a, I don't have a buffing wheel. Um, if I, if I have need, I, I can run to the back where all the guys are restoring the estate pipes in the office and uh, hit the wheel back there. But yeah, well, I, not I, all rarely, of us have a tobacco factory. Not all of us yeah. have a tobacco factory in a full estate restoration department at work, so. Pfft. Yeah, exactly. But I rarely do that. That's, that's the, that's the takeaway there. Um, my deep cleaning, first of all, I think, you know, uh, trying to keep them as clean as I can on a daily basis cuts down, uh, on the amount of time and the amount of energy that I have to, that I have to, I don't know, expend when I, when I deep clean a pipe, but mostly for me, it's the same thing that you do, uh, alcohol, uh, and bristled cleaners until the shake comes out more or less clean until the pipe cleaners look like they're not colored at all. Uh, plus that gives you an excuse to pour yourself a drink on the side while you're doing it. Um, <laughs> Never and happened then, before. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I gently separate, uh, or gently is the wrong word. I partially separate the stem uh, from the shank, so I pull it out so it's just hanging in there by the tenon a little bit, and uh, I'll I'll uh, apply a layer of the obsidian oil. And instead of letting it sit for like fifteen thirty minutes, I might let it sit for a couple hours overnight, something like that, uh, and then I wipe that off with a cloth. And that is usually, you know, gives me within. 10% of the results of actually buffing it. Uh, plus two, okay. I try not to buff too often because you are removing a teeny tiny bit of material when you do that. You can change the stem button shape and stuff like that if you're not careful. Yeah, and that's and like I said, with my with my buffing wheel, I just try to stay away from the button completely because you know my, my wheel is spinning at th- two times the speed it's supposed to. It's small, it's nasty. Um, yeah, I could probably, if I, cut, if I wanted to, I could probably cut a diamond with it if I needed to. Sure. Uh, sure. But... So, so yeah, I mean, that's, I, I'm usually, I, I'm, I'm just generally a clumsy guy. So if I do buff the stem, I have to be super careful and I'm just not willing to, uh, you know, have those white knuckle moments all that often. So more often than not, I just do the obsidian oil for, for, like I said, a longer period of time than I normally would. Um, same thing with the Paragon wax on a smooth pipe. Uh, you know, you can let it dry until it's barely solid and then wipe it off immediately. Uh, or you can do multiple coats. And usually when I'm doing a deep cleaning, once I'm done, you know, uh, scrubbing the inside of the shank, I'll go and hit the bowl with a senior reamer or with a, with a good blade. Um, and by a good blade, I mean a blade that's not too sharp. Uh, and, uh, trim that up a little bit and then I'll start applying layers of obsidian oil to the stem and if it's a smooth pipe layers of paragon wax to the bowl and I might do a couple of a couple of those uh you know apply let it rest for a while buff it off and then apply another one and you know two or three of those in your pipe is going to look really really good have you tried any of the uh microfiber pads or the uh Mr. Clean pads on your stems to get the oxidation off I, you know, no. I, actually, I take that back. I've done the Mr. Clean once, um, and I liked it. I, I just, like I said, I, I mean, I just, uh, I find that I get good results with the oil, and uh, I try to do things as least abrasively as I as I possibly can. <laughs> if I was trying to do things least abrasively to pipes, I wouldn't put them in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, I, you know, really that's where the the problem. The real problem part of my pipe maintenance comes on like the last inch of the stem because that's the part I've got hanging out of my mouth all the time. And uh, if you think the words that are come out of my mouth are bad, you ought to see what goes on inside there. <laughs> uh, no, exactly. I mean, that's why I was saying that like avoiding the buffing wheel is 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 a problem for me because I do want to get the area right behind the button nice and clean. Uh, and, and I find that I have better luck doing that with a solution or an oil than, uh, you know, just trying not to be clumsy on the buffing wheel. Does, uh, have you played with a briar pipe wipe or the pipe sweetener stuff? I have never played with a pipe wipe. Have you, have you, have you tried them? Uh, 20 some odd years ago when we were polishing or shining up pipes for a trade show display. Uh, sure, sure. But I also, at that point, I found out that just kind of rubbing it on my cheek and getting some of my oils off of my face was more convenient and faster. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to cheat, definitely. Um, no, I haven't used those myself. I've used the pipe sweetener off and on. Um, I keep coming back to alcohol because, for me, the Everclear, like you said, uh, that's the only thing that I find to be completely flavor-neutral. Um not that not that I think the sweetener adds like a really distinct flavor, but um, you know I mean the Everclear is is completely neutral. So it's been a little while since I've uh, since I've come back to the sweetener. At what point do you say okay this needs to go to a professional and have a full ream and clean and buff and polish and shine and uh, wax and detail done? I mean, if you've got if you've got a really green stem or that green and brown kind of kind of vulcanite, uh, at a certain point, you know, a small buffing wheel and a little bit of obsidian oil is not going to take care of it. So more often than not, the stem is what would really have me saying, "Okay, this is beyond my skill set. Like I can't I can't bring this one back to life with these little tricks or whatever." Uh, so. You know, again, I think so much of pipe maintenance is is the maintenance part. Uh, If you're diligent about it and you don't let them get super nasty, then it shouldn't be an issue for you. Um, 
And that's the same thing too. How many estate pipes have you seen, Brian, where you can't even imagine how anybody got any tobacco into their chamber? <laughs> it was so cake. It was so caked up. Yeah. So you know, keeping that nice and trim, yeah, it's it's. You'll, you'll have less issues, and you probably won't have to seek a professional's help if you do that. I mean, and then uh, from from my standpoint, I look at it and go, okay, you know, yeah, you know. First of all, I, I make the mistake of most of my pipes and my – most of my smoking pipes are out on display in my uh, my great-grandparents' china hutch. And my, yeah. and my great grandfather, being a pipe smoker, I figured he'd be thrilled to know that his dining room china hutch is being used to hold pipes in it now, um, <laughs> and it's got some tobacco in it too, uh, and cigars. Um, so I make the mistake of leaving them out on display, but I like to look at them. So <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I like them. the uh, The problem that I have when I when I send them off to somebody to have them cleaned properly is the wax taste on the stem um or sure even when i when i buy well you've when i buy it when i buy a pipe that's either brand new or new to me because i prefer to buy estate pipes which you're kind of aware of sure yeah dealer um (laughs) uh yeah i I really try to get that layer of wax off of the stem before I even smoke the pipe because I don't like that wax taste. Sure. Um, yeah, so then I run into the problem of my stems get funky quick. Uh, mm. So I guess I either need to get used to the wax taste or get used to not looking at my pipes. Um, well, do you have – so you, you said they're in a china cabinet. I assume that that has like glass doors on it, right? Like they should uh, – that should help cut down on how quickly they oxidize. It does. Uh, and in fact, I've got UV – I've got UV glass in there now and I've got UV glass on the windows. The uh, The problem I think really for me personally is that, you know, I – my – by clenching and holding them in my mouth, my my natural saliva eats the wax off and just the air getting to them. So probably sure. what I need to do is a little coat of wax on them, yeah, you know, just a little bit of something on my finger before I put them back in there. And, yeah, absolutely. And protect them. Um, but my, I mean, my standard thing is, is that you know, obviously the pipes that get smoked more often get more saliva on them. So I know a couple of pipe repair guys and. I'll send them off and tell them, look, don't worry about, don't worry about the bowl. Just worry about cleaning up the stem. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. Is you know, your you your issue with a freshly cleaned pipe is uh, uh, the wax on the stem. For me, when I have had my pipes cleaned or serviced by by somebody who knows what they're doing, um, I have to usually specify for them not to touch the chamber. Because, again, I work pretty hard to keep a nice, thin, trim layer of cake, and the last thing I want to do is have to start from scratch or have it uneven or anything, you know, or, or, you know, obviously have some of that ghosted (laughs) character that I've been looking for uh, uh, get taken away. I mean, uh, that's that's the thing is, is... Part of the effort you put into your pipe to get it to smoke is the 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 maintenance of the chamber. Like, do you keep a little bit of cake in there, a lot of cake in there, no cake in there? I mean, that's going to affect your smoke drastically. Um, so, if you do send your pipe away, make sure that you make it clear to your repair person what you would like them to do with the chamber, or if you don't want them to touch it at all. Yeah, and I'll also suggest that before you start cleaning your own pipes, you go on eBay and buy some uh, buy some casualties of war. Yeah. And uh, and play with those first. And the same thing when you're dealing with a pipe repair person or a restoration person and you're brand new with them. Uh, don't send them your most favorite pipes at first. Yeah, send them pipes that you're less concerned about or less worried about first and see how they do with those. Uh, because you may not like something that they do to it. Or you may, you know, you, you just want to... Just don't, because don't chance it. Yeah, don't yeah. risk it. Yeah, just just because somebody said something about somebody being great doesn't mean that they're going to be great for you. And there are yes. different there are different styles to uh, pipe repair and restoration and different methods that you know some may work better for you and some may not. 
Oh, absolutely. And you can't expect those guys to read your mind either. So, uh, you know, give them as much information as you can. And, uh, yeah, don't send don't send the prize piece of your collection there uh, to start out. I went to a mind reader one time, and he just got up and left. <laughs> uh, yeah, he said, that was quick. I got to go. Bye. <laughs> yeah, maybe a change of career after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so... I think we've covered this fairly well, and I'll, uh, uh, you know, I'll just say again, you know, this is part of pipe smoking is finding out your personal pipe smoking habit, and part of it is uh, finding out your own personal pipe maintenance routine that works with your own personal pipe smoking habit. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that uh, other other casual tobacco users don't have to worry about, right? Like you don't have to clean up your cigars or your cigarettes or your snuff or any of that stuff. Um, I used to send my packs of Marlboros off to get washed. Oh yeah, <laughs> dry cleaned. Oh well, that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but but with uh, with great pipe comes great responsibility. You gotta gotta keep them clean. Yeah, and uh, all right. So, anything new going on there? It's the well. Let's see. It's the end of January, and International Pipe Smoking Day is coming up. What you, do you guys? Anything new or any uh, anything coming up that you want to leak to us? Oh gosh, uh, International Pipe Smoking Day is going to be really exciting this year. I I don't want to leak anything uh, too too specific, but uh, we've got some great stuff planned. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, as far as other new stuff. Um, earlier this month, uh, uh, Savinelli released their novelties for 2018, uh, and uh, what they used to do is you would get a couple of new uh, series at the beginning of the year and a couple of new series somewhere in the middle of the year. And this year, um, they were able to release everything in the beginning of the year, and it was great, and uh, a lot of the new lines are very exciting. Uh, the interesting thing about Savinelli is you know, they've got this great big uh, shape catalog, you know, a lot of these lovely classic shapes that they've been making for years, a lot of fan favorites like the 320KS, uh, 311KS, and the new 321, which is something a little smaller for guys like me who want a pocket pipe. Uh, they offer, you know, their best-selling shapes and a lot of the shapes that maybe are best suited to some of the innovations that they've come out with. Um, and they'll do a couple new finishes or, or a new proprietary uh, acrylic with, you know, some interesting colors that you haven't seen before. Uh, they invent a new rustication technique every year uh, for their for their natural series, all the natural finished pipes. Like the in the years past, it's been the Noche and the, Pin, uh, the Spinoza and stuff like that. And this year's is, is really great, really interesting. Uh, it's a great texture. It's a really clever rustication, more on the subtle side. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. I love it. I've been looking at, at uh, one of the Oceanos myself just because I'm a sucker for colored stems and the sort of, it's like a burgundy, like a deep bruyere kind of a finish. And it's paired to like a, a white and a blue kind of swirl, uh, acrylic, uh, hence the ocean, uh, designation, the Oceano. But, uh, it just looks great. It's like you would never see a company, you know, a hundred years ago, put a stem like that on a pipe, but it is so instantly like classy and classic looking. Uh, and it really reminds me of some of the stuff that you see from, uh, the top, uh, artisans in America and in Denmark, like Manduela does some of these color combinations that are just really bright and really fun, really whimsical, but also they look great and they look like they could have fit in, in a pipe catalog back in the day. And I think a lot of the American guys are doing that too. And, uh, uh I love that about Savinelli that they're still, they're still pushing, pushing the boundaries and pushing the envelope and uh, trying to reinvent or not not necessarily reinvent but spruce up all of these well-loved shapes year in and year out that that oceano sounds like it'd be totally cool to like sip it on the on the sand while watching the waves crash man absolutely yeah uh not quite as colorful as some of the uh is it warner momert who does some of the uh i mean talk about a shock of color (laughs) <laughs> absolutely he does all the deco pipes like the tie-dyed stuff and yeah oh crazy crazy yeah yeah all right well we got so we got a lot of stuff coming up and of course with international pipe smoking day we're uh, hoping that spring is quickly upon us after that so uh, uh shane next time you're on and well, well maybe we'll try to do it right around uh, international pipe smoking day and we can talk about estate pipes then yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's what I was just going to suggest, that we should do it for uh, IPSD. What day is that this year? Like, day of the week? Um, Tuesday. It's perfect. 
Oh, it is good. Yay! That means my wife's <laughs> that means my wife's birthday's on a Wednesday. <laughs> it's the day after, so we all celebrate my wife's birthday eve. Perfect. And she bemoans it because that means that she's only a year younger than me for eight months. Ah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the joyful time of year for her when I'm two years older. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Two numbers higher, but anyway. All right, Shane. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, helping us clean our pipes. Yeah, absolutely. Now I just have to practice what I preach for a little bit. Me too. Um, I'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy, and just like Savonelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever changing. Milan, eighteen seventy six. Achille Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achille's dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. This is Internet Radio. And I am back, just me. Uh, remember, if you want to reach out to Shane, it's Shane. Ireland at smokingpipes.com or you can uh, post comments or feedback or whatever on the Pipes Magazine radio show page and I'll make sure he gets them. Alright, for music uh, kind of went off in a little uh, sultry mood and picking this one out and then uh, went a little more heavy after listening to some of his other stuff but uh, Pipe Smoker Flautus Jethro Tull founder Ian Anderson this is off of his album Homo Erectus, and it's called Doggerland. It's kind of a really cool mix of, well, everything that Ian does well.
Just a fellow overkill One farmhouses in Tuscany Challenge winter's will A weak pensionable chariotry Some increase drink his blood On this earth, this realm is aching blood A burial ground to fill All across the darker land All across before the tides Across with luggage, kits and sunscreen Melted mortgage, dreams that die All across the darker land All across before the tides Across the border, elk and wolves Make the highlands near and wide is uh, music legend Ian Anderson, who uh, was a fan of uh, Peterson's system pipes. Going back uh, two weeks ago with Sean on, uh, we read uh, Click Clack, who is also known as Adam, uh, says that uh, Sean has promised as a full-timer he reminds me of a young Mark Tinsky. He's finding a balance between quality and volume, making a true smoking man's pipe. As for tobacco, buy what you like and what you can afford. A Philip Morris tobacco heater sounds kind of like a pipe gimmick gadget. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and then he says, Looks for- look forward to next week's show. And then uh, next we have Casey Ghost, who lives in Kansas City, says the McClellan thing has everyone up in the air, but we should realize this only affects blends that contain 5100 in it. I think McClellan has about 20 blends in their repertoire that uses this blend. All their other blends should still be available. Sean seems like a nice, likable young carver. Still has a lot of carving to do before he can get a, get his prices up to a real survivable level. And then finally, uh, Crash the Gray says, The Red Virginia thing is very upsetting. I hope something changes. I knew Sean through Briar Nation... When I first considered tooling up and making pipes more seriously, Sean was quick to video chat with me and walk me through some of his process to help me decide. He's a nice guy and always willing to help other, even newer guys. Uh, the music was interesting, but if I'm completely honest, it sounded a bit like a high school band, but a good one. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, it's always nice to buy pipes from a, uh, from a pipe maker who's also a nice guy. And then uh, for last week's show with Ben Rappaport, Casey Ghost writes, What a treat this show was. Ben is just a fountain of knowledge regarding antique Meerschaum pipes. At 82, Ben doesn't have much time left, so we better get hopping and see how many of us can squirrel away some of the knowledge he has. I really enjoyed this show. I know what you mean when you complain about nothing on labels telling us what's inside. I have tins of tobacco that it, that if you didn't know better, you wouldn't have a clue what's in it. I can't agree more. Uh, Dino said, thanks Brian and Ben for an absolutely delightful and informative discussion. While I enjoy and am, and am amazed by the interest and work of younger collectors and carvers, people such as Mr. Rappaport, who are touchstones of our shared community, must be sought out, learned from, and listened to. That I can't agree with you more either. Uh, and then Troll said, Great show. It's nice to know that the pipes I bought 40 years ago were average quality and carved. But for under $25, they were a... Uh, they were a steal. All of them still smoke great. There you go. And then finally, Crash the Gray says, I still haven't gotten around to smoking a Meerschaum pipe, so it was nice to have such a thorough crash course in them. I laughed quite loudly at the mention of that Tinderbox page misrepresenting Meerschaum, as I once found that site and couldn't believe that they had that misinformation up publicly. I definitely need to check out some of Ben's articles. The music and the further backstory to the artist was great this week. Thanks for another great show. Yeah, and don't forget, reach out to Ben for the for the list of articles, and uh, he'll help you out. And you know what? We'll have him on in the future, I promise. Uh, remember, if you have any comments or questions, post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. 
on Pipes Magazine. You can email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And if I don't respond to you in a couple of days, email me again because of that uh, rascally spam filter. Um, but I really don't need a Russian wife trying to date me. Uh, and uh, while you're on iTunes, if you could go to iTunes and register for iTunes. Yeah, you do have to register in order to leave a rating and a review. But uh, if you get a chance, go over there register. And uh, don't forget the next pipe show coming up is uh, this uh, February 17th at uh, St. Louis. I'll confirm that while I, uh, while I stumble around here for a minute. But that is the first pipe show of the year that's in uh, St. Louis. It is February 17th. And then uh, quickly following that on March 10th is the, uh, is the show in Newark, New Jersey at the airport there. So uh, start, uh, start saving your shekels and try to get over there. All right, rant time coming up next. to foreign countries i have traveled with large groups of teenagers therefore this makes me a expert on what i'm about to say and if it was if i wasn't an expert on it i am an expert on my own opinion uh this past trip to disney world this time of the year it is uh, school break time in brazil well apparently it seems like for their 15th or 16th birthday Brazilians like to send their kids out on a two-week-long vacation to the United States. They either go to Miami and Orlando, or they go to Orlando and New York, but whatever it is, they set it up, they go out with these big tour group operators, and these tour operators have maybe three busfuls of kids. So you're talking about 100, 150 kids. And they're staying three and four to a room at these Disney resorts, and they're there for a week. Well, let me tell you, and if you're Brazilian, I'm sorry, I'm about to offend you, but hey, I talked to a couple of the Brazilians, and they were offended. Uh, These kids were wild, outrageous, loud, noisy, dirty, and uh, just had no idea of what common manners were. No excuse me's, apologies, no nothing. They would cut in front of you in line, push you out of the way. If you pushed them back, they didn't care. It just seemed like it was part of their culture. A very simple example was sitting at a restaurant. When they got up from the table, they didn't understand that you were supposed to take it, the fast food places, that you were supposed to take your trays and bust the tables, or even a simple thing as pushing in a chair. So if you're traveling with a group of teenagers, first of all, it's your job to make sure that they behave. And if you're bringing people from a foreign country, you might want to give them a little bit of a clue on the ethics of how or the morals or the common, uh, the, the common courtesies of how that country works. Remember, when you're visiting a country, you are visiting their country. You're not bringing yours with you. There you go. Hope I didn't offend too many Brazilians, but... Uh, Wow, it's really not the kids' fault. It's really those tour operators' faults and uh, keeping those kids under control. Anyway, there you go. Still had a great time at Disney World. Uh, It was a lot warmer there, too. All right, that's it. Next, uh, once again, new shows every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and then they're disseminated out into the Internet shortly thereafter. And there's uh, all of our back history is waiting there for you to go back and listen to again whenever you want to. Uh, yeah, go poke around. All right, <laughs> that's, that's going to do it. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Shane again for joining me. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just 
Sing a song and think about sunny weather. If tobacco companies were really marketing towards kids, wouldn't they make everything booger flavored? <laughs>